0: Hello, you are listening to a very special mini-series of The Sustainable-ish Podcast with me, Jen Gale, counting down to and celebrating the launch of The Sustainable-ish Living Guide, my book that is everything you need to know to make small changes that make a big difference. Join me for 12 days, diving into a chapter each day and chatting to someone marvellous, doing good stuff relevant to the topic of that chapter to infuse and inspire you to take action. And obviously, to get your mix on a copy of my book. <laughs> One of my favourite comments I've had so far from someone who was sent an advanced copy is that it's the most eco-common sense thing I've read, which I absolutely love because I feel like we all need a bit of eco-common sense as we enter a new year and a new decade where we'll all need to be making changes so we need to figure out how to make those changes work for us. The book is published by Bloomsbury and it is out on January the 9th so if you're listening before that you can pre-order it from all the usual places online or if you're listening after that point you can of course order it online or it should be available in all good bookshops or obviously the sustainable-ish option would be to ask your library to order it in for you. Today we're on to day two and chapter two which is zero waste ish and I am chatting to my lovely internet friend Lindsay Miles from treading my own path. Now Lindsay is pretty hot on the zero waste front whereas I'm pretty hot on the ish bit but she manages to do it without making the rest of us feel a bit shit and to still make it feel doable. In the book, I talk about this almost Instagram ideal of the year's worth of waste in a jam jar and how intimidating I find that. And I really love the bit in our chat where Lindsay talks about the fact that it's not about the jam jar. It's about doing what you can with the resources that you've got. While I think many of us might find the concept of zero waste a bit, a lot, off-putting, I think we can all hopefully sign up to that. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hi Lindsay, welcome to this special mini-series of Sustainable-ish. Hello, thank you for having me. Now, um, people might be able to tell by your accent, (laughs) you're joining us all the way from Australia, but you're actually a Brit, aren't you?
1: Well, it's funny because everyone in England thinks I sound Australian and everyone in Australia thinks I sound English, so I've got this weird kind of like hybrid accent and I don't know what what I think I sound like, but yeah, I'm from England, I live in Australia and I'm kind of merged the two.
0: <laughs> Love it. Um So introduce yourself to us. Tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Okay um, so yeah my name's Lindsay. I write a blog called Treading My Own Path. Actually me and Jen met when we, we both started our blogs at the same time. So I was um, kind of Interested in well, I started reducing my plastic, so I saw a challenge in the library about reducing plastic, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm already like an eco superhero because I've got a really full recycling <laughs> bin, and um kind of went home that day, and yeah, you know, so I signed up to this challenge thinking it's going to be so easy. I've already got reusable shopping bags, like how hard is that going to be? You know, went home, had this like epiphany of kind of horror really when you know I looked in my fridge and I looked in my pantry and I looked in the bathroom and kinda of just saw all of this plastic that I just never noticed and like everything was made of plastic, yeah. you know. And I felt really embarrassed because I did I did think that I was this literally I did think I was a sustainability superhero because I had the full recycling bin. And just had never occurred to me that I could do other stuff, you know, it just had never occurred to me that I could, you know, buy carrots without a plastic bag or, you know, buy olive oil in a glass bottle. And I was just looking at all this stuff thinking, God, like there's so many opportunities here to like make little changes. And Kind of went through July and um, got to August and didn't really want to go back to plastic August once because you know, like buying carrots not in a plastic bag, like that was quite an easy swap. And I was yeah. like, well, why would I go back? And so, and there were so many more things that I could see opportunities to try and change. And so that was kind of how I got started. And then, yeah, about six months in, I was like, oh, I've got so much that I want to teach other people and kind of share what I've been doing because I feel like other people, there must be other people like me who kind of thought that having the full recycling bin was mm. like the best thing and then suddenly you know kind of just realizing that there's always other opportunity. so I started my blog and you started your blog um the buy nothing new blog around the yeah. same time because we met yeah back in 2013 which is so we've been internet friends and kind of real life friends although we've never actually met but we have <laughs> had a lot of chats yeah since then and so yeah, so I started my blog, treading my own path in 2013, and then from there, kind of got really interested in not just plastic, but kind of waste and reducing waste, and um, kind of started. I guess I st- people started asking me to come and talk, and I was not really a public speaker, but people kept asking me, and I felt this was a really good message, and kind of from there, like enough people started asking me that I was like, this is actually what I want to do. So now, um, yeah, like sort of in Perth, and I do a lot of workshops, kind of just trying to encourage people to. Just think differently about waste yeah. and um, reduce
0: what they do. So and yeah, you've do also a bit a, of You've also got a book, haven't you? Tell us a little bit about your book. Yeah, so kind of alongside my plastic journey, I guess you
1: know I was really looking into looking at waste. And um, at the time, I lived in this really small flat. So I just moved from England, right? So I didn't bring a lot of stuff with me. Um, and so I moved into this really tiny little flat, and was starting to accumulate things. And as you do. So I thought, well, I need to move into a bigger place. And I was looking at the rent and, you know, a bigger place was going to cost more money. Like, you get that. Mm. And I was like, I'm literally getting an extra room to put my stuff in. That doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Like, why would I pay, you know, it was like an extra $100 a week um, for an extra room. And I'm like, well, you know, that pays for holiday or that pays for, like, you know, useful stuff. Like, why would I get an extra room? I'll just declutter. And realised that I found decluttering, like, really, really difficult because I just had this idea that, Getting rid of anything was a waste. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hold on to everything because it was a waste, right? And and I just really struggled. I remember the first um, weekend I wanted to declutter. I was like, oh, I'll just declutter. Mostly I just sat in the chair, <laughs> bemoaning the fact that I hadn't decluttered already. Like, literally, it was a long weekend, right? So I had three days and I had this box and I'm like, I'll just fill this box, in one box. And I was like, a hundred things. How hard could it be? And I literally could not get rid of anything. Like, I got 80 things in this box in three days, and it was just stuff like like someone had given us like this this mexican tex-mex kind of dip dish thing that was like really ugly and like even getting rid of that was painful like i had a book um that i got for free from the supermarket like you buy two cheeses and you get the free book about how to use the cheeses which basically the whole book is it's a recipe book right but it's a recipe book that sort of says oh go to the shop and buy this cheese and you know so it's really not a recipe but yeah. like even getting rid of that was difficult and really just couldn't figure out why I couldn't get rid of stuff and so I had a bit of a um yeah I guess a process of like really trying to understand why I was holding on to things and like you know I was looking on the internet and there was all this information about you know minimalism and um having enough and you know how great life would be when you're decluttered and I'm like yeah totally get that but how do I do it yeah I just yeah. don't know how to do it and, you was know, was this real struggle and for me I guess the big thing was kind of reframing this idea of waste and realizing that if I have stuff that I don't use and I don't need and I don't like keeping that is actually a massive waste and really if I care about waste you know I've got to let these resources go and let other people use them so if I've got clothes that I don't wear then other people you know I could give them to someone or sell them to someone or give them to the charity shop and someone else could buy that and love it and wear it all the time and me keeping stuff that just makes me feel guilty mostly. Um, because I haven't worn it, because I spent too much money, yeah. Kind of all of the above, you know. And so kind of went through this process of like decluttering and really, I guess, changing my relationship with stuff. And it wasn't just about um like decluttering, because I guess for me I just couldn't bear the thought of waste and yeah. But one of the things was, well, how can I make sure this stuff isn't going to waste? Because I think a lot of us sort of see the charity shop a bit like a recycling bin. It's kind of like get it out of jail free. It's like, oh, I can just give my stuff to the charity shop and then I've got no guilt and I can go buy new things. And so I was very much the person who took stuff to the charity shop and kind of didn't, you know, maybe it wasn't the best stuff, but kind of just took it there and then would just buy brand new things. And so it was kind of just changing that relationship and going, well, actually, the charity shop needs my best stuff, not my worst stuff. Um, like charity shops sell, you know, 15% of everything that gets donated. So they don't need our taddy old stuff. Yeah. They're not going to mend things. You know, they they get so much stuff they can pick and choose. And so it was sort of figuring out other places, like, you know, learning how to use things like eBay and Gumtree to find new owners for things, like finding charities that would reuse stuff. Yeah, And then really thinking about how to not, because the thing about decluttering is you don't want to declutter and then just fill that space yeah. with more stuff. You know, like, and it was so painful for me. Like, it was not, I did not find it easy. So it had to be this one-time journey. I could not go through the process of, you know, in two years' time, decluttering it all again. Yeah, so yeah. it was really about changing my relationship with things, just being much more carefully about what I bought, how I use things, and letting go of the guilt of, you know, sometimes we make mistakes. We buy things, they look great in the shop. They look great on the model, in the <laughs> photograph. We get home, we're like, oh, the chatting room made me look good in this. But actually... It's not really my, you know, maybe hot pink isn't my colour. And just going, okay, I made a bad decision, but keeping it in my wardrobe for five years is not going to make me feel better. It's just going to remind me every single time I open that wardrobe that I just made a bad purchase. And I made a bad purchase. We all do it. So it was just that kind of changing my relationship. This is a very long answer. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, so at the end of it all, I wrote a book called Less Stuff, which was all about kind of how I personally – kind of went through the journey of kind of changing my relationship with things. And I guess I felt like a lot of people who were talking about decluttering, they sort of talk about two things. First of all, they find it really easy, and there's nothing worse. It's kind of like, you know, um, when you've got kids and people without kids give you advice on parenting. I feel like decluttering is like that when people who are really good at it are just like, well, just get rid of it. And It's like, if it was that easy, I would have done it already, you know? So it was partly that kind of how do you deal with the guilt mm. and all of that. I think the other thing about decluttering is that, Often people talk about the after, but no one tells you how to do it. And yeah. I felt like all of the coloring books were almost reduced to put it in bin bags, yeah. put it in the bin, take it to the charity shop, and that was it. And I was like, no, that that's the thing that was hard. It was hard for me because I just had to find places to take things yeah. and people who wanted them. And so there's a big part of that the book, which is all about kind of how how you, you know, yeah use yeah. eBay, use Gumtree, how you find charities, how you – can maybe connect with people in your neighborhood all that sort of stuff yeah. um, and cuz and i do think sorry go on i was just going to say and i do think the more that you kind of give stuff away sell it you know second the more you do that the more you realize how much stuff is in the world and the less you actually want to buy new so for me it worked quite well because i just realized there's so much stuff because you know i was selling stuff and i'm like all giving stuff away and i'm like well actually i should be you know, using eBay or Gumtree or yeah. going to the second stores, and so it really changed my perspective of how I see stuff. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, and yeah. So I'd always go to those kind of places first, like rather than the department store. You know, yeah. like buying stuff. The buying brand new stuff is the last thing I try and do. Yeah. Whereas before it would be take it to the charity shop, feel good, go buy new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah, yeah. and I think that with this chapter that we're sort of talking about today is, is like zero waste and I've called it zero waste ish because I think zero waste as a concept um is quite intimidating for a lot of people isn't it and there's absolutely no way in this world I'm anywhere near a zero waste but you're actually really quite good aren't you
1: well <laughs> it's funny I think zero like it's the zero isn't it yeah it's yeah everywhere. yeah
0: the perfection
1: and and I guess um so I sort of started out with this plastic-free and then um, kind of realised that I wanted to try and avoid kind of all waste. And I think when we start out, we often think about packaging and things. And I was really lucky that in Perth there were a lot of bulk stores, which meant it was very easy to buy groceries without packaging. And and also kind of, you know, once I embrace this secondhand, because generally it's the food products, the bathroom products, that are the plastic things that we use yeah. kind of every day. And then secondhand kind of... Gets rid of all the other packaging. So, yeah. you know, anything you buy new comes in packaging. Um But I think the – so I was lucky that I had lots of bulk stores. But I think the system isn't really set up for everyone. Yeah. And I think a lot people feel guilty because they can't buy things without packaging. But it's not our fault that we live in this kind of linear system and we're trying to, like, hack it, basically. Yeah. And so I was kind of lucky that I lived in a place where it was kind of easier to do that. And, you know, I started this journey in 2012. So it's kind of easy for me now in 2019 to say, oh, yeah, you know, I've made all these changes and made all these swaps. But, of course, it was hard. Like even stuff like, you know, decluttering like the bathroom, like getting rid of all the plastic products, Mm. it took me 18 months yeah, simply because I had, you know, I'd buy all the three-for-twos and all that stuff. I had so much stuff to use up. So I didn't even start thinking really about a lot of the bathroom products for 18 months because – had You know, the first thing was worrying about, you know, vegetables or bread or, you know, and then it was some of the other kind of longer life stuff. Then it was the bathroom. Then it's things like, you know, you need new bedding or you need a new pair of shoes. Then it's like, oh, how can I avoid? um, And I guess the way that people sort of think of zero waste, so so the idea, I guess if anyone doesn't know, like the sort of the, the zero waste lifestyle as a concept is about sending nothing to landfill. But no one actually is sending nothing to landfill. I yeah. mean, you've probably seen people with like jam jars of stuff, um, of their recycling or their waste. Um, and there's also things like that you wouldn't put in a jar. Like, I remember I had a bottle of dishwasher liquid, glass bottle of dishwasher liquid, smashed it on the floor. Like, I'm not scooping that up and putting it in a jar, you know, but clearly, like, you know, it's going yeah. in the bin. So I think, um, zero waste is just about trying to do what we can just trying to put nothing in the landfill bin and recycle as little as possible but also recognizing that the system isn't really set up for us and some of us live in places or have lifestyles or have options that not all of us have
0: yeah and it's just about
1: doing what we can and I think like when I started in 2012 um you couldn't really buy that many zero waste products Mm -hmm. but the marketers obviously got yeah. on board with zero waste and kind of nuts. and now you can buy so much stuff and so people kind of get confused and they think that zero waste is about buying yeah. loads of stainless steel vehicles and then they're like oh but it's so expensive but actually you know I think zero waste really it's about valuing what you have appreciating the old things you know repairing stuff mm. like choosing second hand like making things last that's really what the philosophy is all about and yeah. the marketers have done a good job of persuading us we need buy things to be zero waste. And the thing is, you know, Instagram, reusable <laughs> containers look beautiful and your patched up socks don't look beautiful. So generally when people think of zero waste, they think of it as the, like the pretty stuff, but really it's not the pretty stuff. Yeah. It's the the boring <laughs> everyday using a jam jar, like actually I'm sitting here right now using a jam jar as a water glass because uh, there was just a jam jar on the side and I'm like, yep, good enough. You know, but that's not really the, the aesthetic that maybe – the marketers present and so I think people get confused and think that zero waste is like some sort of like yeah. um aesthetic yeah and yeah. I don't think it is and I mean yeah no. and people think you know oh, I haven't got a bulk store near me and so I can't go zero waste and it's like well first of all it's not your fault that the system isn't set up and you don't have the infrastructure and the opportunities and lots of people don't but you've still got things that you can do like maybe around you know not replacing things so quickly or yeah. buying second hand or giving things that you've got to other people and there's there's a whole big it's a whole big area really and people I think sometimes people just get fixated on not being able to buy a few things without plastic and then think yeah. that they yeah. can't
0: not trying yeah
1: you know yeah. it's not about the jar. like it's about doing what you can with what resources you've got and things are changing it's getting easier all the time you know yeah I, I mean you must have noticed like bulk stores were barely a thing in England in 2012 and now like so there's so many opening all the time
0: yeah definitely I mean I interviewed the guys um I think one of the first bulk stores or zero waste stores in the UK was Earth Food Love in Totnes and I interviewed yeah. them for the podcast maybe 2017 and they were the only one in the UK and now there are you know coming up to 100 so it, it like it, yeah, it yeah. is beginning to um to kind of take off but I think it's really interesting that whole thing about actually zero waste isn't about what we throw away it's about what we buy and I it took me ages to make that connection and and you know we were spending our doing our year buying nothing new and I was really focused on what we were buying and then did this I think the local council did a a new year's challenge about you know zero waste week and did that and I kind of like that was the first time I joined the dots I was like oh my god like everything we buy ultimately we're throwing away and how interlinked the two things are. So when we think about zero waste, the focus is on the bin, but actually it should be on the things that we're bringing into the home.
1: Yeah, or not read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's all these things like, oh, the most sustainable thing is the one you've already got, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I think we were talking about this earlier, like, you know, the best reusable is ideally one you've already got, but it's the one you're going to use. Like, there's no point buying... You know, I mean, people who buy reusable coffee cups and they don't drink coffee, but they sort of think, oh, I need to have one because it's a real... Like zero waste kind of thing that you need and mm. like and some things are super useful to some people but not everything is useful to everyone and everything you don't buy is more zero waste than <laughs> the most zero waste product really
0: that is a total tweetable that's going that's going out on this. <laughs> <laughs> But um, i guess that's like not the sexy thing and that's not yeah. the thing that obviously you know platforms like instagram
1: want to sell us stuff but it's kind of like you know sometimes i think you know with social media with instagram i'm like i kind of have anything to post because i kind of basically I just didn't buy a bunch of stuff today I yeah. kind of didn't consume a bunch of stuff it's kind of not really you know because it's I guess we sort of think
0: that that's the stuff we've got to like well, be talking about yeah but,
1: but the reality is it's all about not buying stuff
0: yeah yeah it and, is it is and it's not and very it's sexy not
1: and... and yeah rather than the new organic fair trade you know sustainable shoes that you bought like really the The zero-waste thing is the getting your shoes resold for the 15th time at the shoe shop, kind of, you know, the shoe menders. That's really – that's not to say you never need to buy – of course we need to buy things, but it's just about being really kind of sensible about I think whether we need stuff, not like whether we think we need stuff or whether someone on Instagram has got it or whether it's like, you know, really – Great. And I guess, like I said, right, in 2012, there kind of weren't any zero waste products, like Keep Cup existed, Clean Canteen existed. So, you know, reasonable Mm. glass. Oh, no, weren't even glass. Reasonable plastic coffee cups and um, these stainless steel water bottles. And then, of course, now there's so many products and it's easy to kind of go, oh, I could get a better version. I could get a, you know, I could get a travel version and a a fold-up version and a glass one and a stainless steel one and a small one and an insulated one you know, but no, we don't need all this stuff. And I think the hardest thing actually about trying to reduce your waste is just trying to get off that consumer treadmill yeah. when all the time we've been exposed to adverts and products.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's, and kind of the level of manipulation that goes into that is is actually quite scary, isn't it? But um, so if we're thinking, if we're going right back to kind of basics, why does waste even matter in like, in the context of the climate crisis and, ecological crisis and things why why does it matter if we throw stuff out I'm kind of got this pause because I'm like Jen doesn't know but I know you know you're just (laughs) asking me
1: um well I guess it's this thing of um you know we're consuming too many resources Mm -hmm. and a lot of the waste that we throw away is you know single a lot of it's you know single-use packaging I guess it's the kind of obvious one where Um, you know I know I don't know if you talk about it in your book but I know you've talked about it before about earth overshoot day where they kind of figure out if everyone in the world lived um, like well first of all they do it if everyone in the world lived like they do they did in each country what the day was and then they kind of figure out what it is as a whole so I think as a whole. I can't remember when it is the whole – I know in Australia and in the U.S. I think in the U.S. it's like the 15th of March. So if everyone lived like someone in the U.S., we'd run out of resources in the world on the 15th of March. In Australia it's the 31st of March. And I think in the U.K. it's in May sometime. And I think actually globally it's June or July. So basically we're using more resources than we've got. Yeah, That's a problem because yeah. we don't have them, you know. And I think the thing about waste um, – is that, oh, and I think also, right, so I remember when I was at school, um, I remember as a kid I was like, why don't they recycle plastic? And then on the radio they were like, oh, we're going to start recycling plastic. And I was like, great, job done. And, you know, that was probably the mid-80s, early 90s when they sort of started talking about recycling. Yeah. And I think genuinely think everyone thought we were going to recycle our way out of the the problem of yeah. kind of all the packaging and consumption and stuff. But, you know, we've all kind of seen it. We've got more trucks on the roads more litter in the rivers and the oceans and more container ships going to China, except China doesn't want our waste. So we're sending it to Malaysia and Indonesia. They don't want our waste either. So, you know, we've been burying it under the carpet, except the carpet is China, Malaysia, Indonesia. And now the carpet's full and these countries are saying, we don't need your waste. Yeah. Because the problem is, everyone wants to recycle, but no one wants to use recycled products, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we love sending our stuff to the recycle, you're putting in the recycling bin and we feel good and off it goes. But, like it's hard often to find recycled products and they're not great. And, you know, plastic's very difficult to recycle. Mm. Um, it gets contaminated really easily with food. A lot of it's food packaging. Um, it degrades with like heat and light. And so often plastic, you know, is downgraded or mixed in with brand new plastic to kind of keep its structure and integrity. So recycling is not this perfect looping system where we get a product, melt it down, turn it back into a product. Mm. And even if in some cases it is, so, you know, steel and aluminium are super recyclable. But there are also metals that we're mining out the ground and melting, you know, melting aluminium, melting steel. It's still a huge amount of energy. That's mm. still trucks on the road. That's still emissions in the air, you know. And so if, so I guess we've sort of been sold for too long that recycling is the thing that everyone should be doing, and recycling is still the thing that we should be doing. But it's not the only thing, or mm. the first thing, or the place where we stop. You know, there's all of these other ways that we can do stuff. And the thing that I really love about waste, or like reducing waste. It's, like it's just something that everyone's got access to, you know. I always used to think that sustainability was like when you could put solar panels on the roof and have a rainwater tank and grow your own vegetables. And, I, you know, I remember, you know, I was renting so I couldn't do any of those things. And so I was just kind of waiting for the time. I was like, oh, I'll be sustainable when I can do all of those things. And, you know, when I had this kind of realisation that all of this plastic, I could just try and reduce it. It, it just felt really good to be able to do something. Yeah, yeah. And kind of have an opportunity to do that every single day. And, you know, maybe you have a bad day or maybe you have a bad week, but there's still opportunity again and again and again. And the thing as well is that what you don't put in the bin, you see because it's not in the bin. So you're not hauling your bin to the curb. Whereas I think things like, you know, turning the light switch off when you leave the room, it's not like you turn the light switch off and suddenly the climate's like, ooh, just a bit cooler. You know, you kind of don't get that feedback. Whereas with waste, you totally get that feedback. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's really nice not having to haul your garbage to the curb at the end of a weekend. You know, it's like it's, quite, it's it's like a
0: satisfying kind of way to. Yeah, definitely. Like,
1: yeah. Make change and kind
0: of see it. Yeah. So kind of have you got three top tips? I'm sure you must get asked for top tips all the time. But for somebody looking and thinking or listening to this and thinking, she's amazing. Like she's talking a lot of sense. Where do I start? What, what would be your top tips?
1: The first thing I would say is look at your recycling bin and look in your landfill bin and look at your till receipts and just see if there's anything that kind of stands out for you. So whether there's, you know, your recycling bin is full of uh, like Tetra packs or whether your till receipts, like, God, I buy an awful lot of prepacked hummus mm-hmm. or um you know that sort of thing and then just try and choose something from there that you think oh I'm gonna try and tackle that like I didn't know how to make a bunch of stuff um before I went plastic free and so you know I tried making things started making pesto super easy started making hummus super easy made vegetable samosas never doing that again took five hours no thanks <laughs> but it also gave me a huge appreciation for people who make vegetable samosas yes and, you know I've done talks and I've said you know oh, I can't be bothered making pasta and other people are like I love making pasta. It's so much fun. Do it all the time. So it's not about making everything, yeah. but sometimes it's just good to give them a go and say, oh, I'll give, you know, making hummus, making pesto, um, like things like, you know, maybe rather than buying tin chopped tomatoes, you just buy some tomatoes. I mean, that works better in Australia because it's in Western Australia where mm. I live because we grow tomatoes all year round. So obviously in the UK you've kind of then got the option of, like buy the tinned tomatoes or buy the tomatoes that got imported from God knows where and yeah. aren't ripe and kind yeah. of whole other thing. But just start, you know, and just start asking questions and looking for, like, solutions. Yeah. Um, so that's probably a really good place to start. Um, and I think also I guess that's sort of the food packaging. I think, say, the bathroom. Yeah. Like I used to buy a shed load of products that I didn't really know what they did, but I used to go to the department stores and they had the lovely counter mm. with the lovely people that were all immaculately presented and there was a poster of some glamorous Hollywood star and you got all this free stuff if you bought the products. Right. So I would always be getting the free, never mind that it cost me, you know, 100 pounds to buy the, but you got free stuff. Yes. So I'd always be getting, you know, and then, and to be honest, the free stuff, it's always like a weird color lipstick and an eyeshadow you're never going to use and yeah. some weird pork. Refining serum gel cream that must be good, except when I went plastic free, you know, and I'm looking at this stuff, I'm like, why do I actually use this? I'm not really sure. So, actually, just kind of doing a bathroom audit and just looking at everything you buy and asking yourself, you know, why you buy it? Do you really need it? Mm-hmm. And maybe you can simplify. It. Like, one of the things that I did was, you know, I used to buy a hand wash, I used to buy shower gel, I used to buy face wash. And so now I buy a really good quality soap, a bar soap comes with that packaging good quality yeah. and that's kind of replaced three different products in my bathroom yeah. and all of that packaging um so yeah so that's probably so i'd say grocery shopping look at your you know recycling bins look yeah, your yeah. receipts bathroom rewarded yeah. of the kind of products you're buying um and then the next time you need something anything that you want to buy just see if you can find it secondhand yeah. and you might not be able to but just go on gumtree go on ebay ask a friend, like maybe you could just borrow it, yes. you know, do you need it for one thing? Like if, you know, you need a dress for a Christmas party, maybe yeah. you could borrow the dress from a friend. And maybe you can't, maybe you look at the charity shop and they've got nothing that you like, then maybe you need to buy it. But it's just that thing of rather than the first thing we do is go to the shop, Yeah. the first thing we do is think, oh, could I make do with what I've got? Could I ask a friend? Could I get it second hand? And then maybe you can't, but... Just putting the buying last in the order of things.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and just it's just a bit of a habit. Yeah.
0: You know, it's
1: just all these things are habits and habits are hard at the start and they get easier with time. And they become this effort with time, you know, like like you don't leave your house without your shoes and your car keys (laughs) and your phone. And it gets to the point where you don't leave your house with you know, without a reasonable shopping bag or whatever it is. And it's kind of the same like with when you need something new, you know, just thinking, oh, I'll just quick, quickly check on Gumtree or I'll quickly yeah. check on FreeCycle or I'll quickly check if my family's got one I can borrow or whatever it is. And yeah. it's just, just another habit.
0: Yeah, um, no, I love that. And, and like you say, so much of it is is about habits. Um, final question and possibly quite a deep one for <laughs> oh, just a two-minute soundbite. Um, how optimistic <laughs> or otherwise are you feeling about the future and the climate crisis and all of that well
1: no there's a question I guess like I generally think that I'm an optimist because if I wasn't an optimist then I don't want the if I'm not an optimist and everything doesn't turn out wonderful in the end like the other option is too depressing to think about so in my Mm -hmm. mind I'm an optimist um and I do think it's kind of amazing in the like, seven years, like, you always think change is really slow. It always feels like progress is so slow and why isn't anything happening. But when I look back at what's happened in the yeah. last seven years, it does feel like, oh, I wish everything was faster. But I kind of look back and, you know, when I started, like, Plastic Free was not really on a lot of people's radars. Like, it was on maybe people who kind of did specific, like, you know, were surfers or were actually in yeah. the ocean. They sort of had awareness, but I think general population had no real idea that plastic was an issue. Like, recycling wasn't really a sexy thing that people talked about. Well, seven, years ago, a sexy never,
0: thing, but... seven years ago you would have never had a book about plastic free or living sustainably no. or anything like that and a now there's... there's like a
1: whole section yeah.
0: in the bookshops <laughs> now,
1: on this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and I but I do think the conversation needs to move away from like individual action. I think individual action is really important and I think like you know that's where I started that's where you started but I also think that you know, it's not our fault as individuals that the system is like has yeah. not been set up for us. It's not our fault that companies are making too much plastic. And I think often there's too much pressure on individuals to um, like, you know, you feel guilty. You feel guilty because you don't go to the bulk store. You feel yeah. guilty because you bought a, you know, there's a lot of guilt put on individuals. And I don't think that's fair. And I think now it's got to be about how can we kind of engage with businesses and how can we, mm. um I don't want to say engage with businesses you know maybe that's just a case of you know writing letters or signing petitions or talking to your local mp or you know supporting like local businesses or just kind of trying to make it a bigger kind of conversation yeah um that's definitely happening like it's definitely people are kind of more aware so i think there's got to be less guilt on individuals because that's just not fair and it's not our fault and kind of more pressure on like the big organizations and i think know, I think community is a really important part of sustainability and um like getting to know the people in your neighbourhood and you know getting to you know clothes swaps or um like joining a community garden or Mm um all of these ways that you can kind of interact with people and kind of share skills and share knowledge and like that's because the thing about a lot of this stuff is that none of it's. I know you said a two minute soundbite, this is not a two minute soundbite, <laughs> but uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is not new. It's like you know, I always think if my grandma was here, she'd be like, "Well, that was obvious, yeah. and that was obvious, and that was obvious." Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of about rediscovering kind of old skills. So a lot of people exist who know how to do these things. You know, they know how to you know pickle or preserve or grow vegetables or fix stuff or yeah. you know make clothes or whatever it is. And so there's so much knowledge and so many skills and people really want to share them like people are tripping over themselves to share what they know like totally so I definitely think um community is getting stronger and like because we're kind of all in this together and we've got to be you know that's how we're gonna like solve the problem is kind of building that resilience so um I am an optimist because that's the only option Uh, um and I think that's how we're gonna get there I think individuals got to do what they can yeah Um. and some of us that'll be more some of us that'll be less and we've got to try and hold governments to account yeah businesses to account and we've got to team up and get together and share skills and share knowledge and share resources and that's how we're going to solve the climate crisis I think
0: (laughs) (laughs) no I absolutely love that right where can people come and find you if they want to find your book or hear about your talks or read your wonderful blog so my website's called Treading My Own
1: Path, treadingmyownpath.com. Um my book's called Less Stuff. Um says what it does on the cover. Um, and that that's in kind of all good bookshops. Yeah. And
0: you're you're nailing it on Instagram, aren't you? You're treading treading my own path on Instagram. Yes. You you've kind of nailing managed it. that. Right. You have you've nailed that kind of you've got that lovely Instagram aesthetic but in a very kind of practical way you somehow managed to make your repaired boots look instagrammable which i'm very like whereas my my sewed slippers look like a mess <laughs> but you do it very well <laughs> brilliant thank you so much for joining me and for sharing that and uh, i'm sure i will catch up with you very soon cool. thank you very much for having me thank you so much for tuning in and for joining me in counting down to and celebrating the launch of the sustainable living guide available online and in all good bookshops from January the 9th 2020. Catch you next time.